All right, well, thank you, everyone, for coming out for the podcast and set. My guest this week is an old friend, Mr. Bob Dassey. Hey, everybody. That's funny. We, you know, it's funny how, how, how fast time flies. Because we've known each other for about 50 years. 50 years since I was born. You're not, you're not 50 yet, are you? What? Close, getting closer. You want to talk about it? You want to talk about how old you are? Care. Yeah, I'm 47. You're 47? You're a kid. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a baby. Hang on to those 40s, man. It's a sweet time. <laughs> you turn 50, it's all fucking downhill. Mm. Uh, but no, I've, I've known you for about 22, 23 years, something like sure, that. Sure, we met in 92. Yep. And you were on, now I'm trying to remember, because back then, you played at the Wrigley side, right? Mm-hmm. And was the first team you were on the Yetis? Yeah. The... The, the Lost Yetis. The Lost Yetis, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm cool speak. It's the Yetis. The Yetis. Sure, I was there. Sure. Call them the Yetis. It, was, it was the Lost Yetis. Uh, and I remember because like, that was right after, because there was the time when you were there for when there was the family and Corky's callback and they were kind of vying for the, the house team spot. I think we got there right at the end of that. Or I, I started right at the end of that. Because I remember you guys were one of the first teams sort of after the family that were like, all right, there's a team right there. They're doing something unique. The, the Yetis, for those of you who weren't uh, there back then. Which is all of you, right? Which is all of you. <laughs> uh, they were, you guys were like crazy high energy. We were. Uh, and physical. Yeah, because my brother was on that team, and my brother and I basically did Three Stooges bits when we were kids, and so we, we were really good at faking slapstick without hurting each other. And we did it. We learned it through watching them, you know, and the Marx Brothers and whatnot. So we would do it like uh, almost like pro wrestlers. We we could jump on each other right. and land on each other without hurting each other. And we were just really physical. We beat the shit out of each other. It would appear to, but we would not. And then we had on that team also uh, roommates. And it was just, it was a time when we had nothing but time. And so we spent a lot of time together. Who's on the team? It Seamus was McCarthy. It was Seamus Blockovich. McCarthy, Brian Blockovich, Tim Miller, uh, um, uh, Katie Mahaffey, Roberts, uh, Stephanie Weir, my brother Ed Dassey, uh, Joe Yao, Joe Sliman. All right. Lori Spiewak was originally on there, and then there was a, a gentleman by the name of I want to say it's it's not it's, I haven't I haven't said his name in a long time. His first name was Scott, and his last name I thought was Armstrong, but it's not Scott Armstrong. It's Scott something else. Scott something else. But I remember that team just being something so crazy. It was, it was like they took that aspect of the physicality of improv. It's like if someone even said something like, hey, I can fly, they were fucking flying. <laughs> right? The whole team came out, lifted them, carried them around. Yeah, we, were, we took advantage of all of that, the physicality of, of eight people being on stage. Right. And, and we, uh, we loved it. It was, it was and we'd have, uh, the, the joke was that we, uh, we'd all have uh, uh, show injuries because we'd all have these black and blue marks and all that. Right. And uh, uh, my, uh, uh, my old roommate, uh, Brian Blakovich, who I loved, was just crazy manic sometimes. And, and over the course of the three years that we were together, he injured everybody on stage. Uh, uh, <laughs> accidentally, of course, love, lovingly. Uh, but the beauty was that for our last show, he injured himself, uh, and it was it was beautiful. Some justice it felt right like there. It, it felt like it uh, it, it went it went its course. <laughs> well, now the, now the, that's just how you you began. Uh, and I remember like seeing the Yetis as one of the teams followed the family. Like, well, there's a team. 
-hmm. right there. But more importantly for me, and I'm sort of going to skip ahead, because uh, sort of the, <coughs> you got there for like the tail end of the, the family. At uh, the beginning of the family, like uh, we saw Three Man Rituals. All right, it was the first, sh was the first improv show you would go see. That not not well uh, that for us because there was also um, Ed, but I only heard of Ed. Right. And I never knew. And then I I, I knew Pete, and Pete is now a, uh, I love Pete a, a ton. Pete, Pete Gardner. Pete Gardner, yeah, who's a great guy. But I never saw his. I never saw what they did with Ed. I only knew that he directed Jazz Freddy. Right. Later. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, so, so you guys, because I remember like the family was speed based uh, and the family was actually only together in the incarnate incarnation that most people refer to for about a year and a half. Okay. We did three mad rituals for about eight months and then dynamite fun nest for about six months. Mm -hmm. And then we all sort of pieced apart and, and mostly got hired by Second City and mm -hmm. I stayed behind to help with the I.O. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember what followed because we were definitely speed. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember what followed was that was a wonderful thing that I think a lot of people didn't. A lot of us, except for me, because I was there, didn't see was a sort of a different kind of uh, slow mm -hmm. that came after us, which because I remember it was, it was, it was the, like the reason I finally sort of got back in the game and did Zumpf was because of quartet and trio, mm -hmm. uh, which <coughs> you had a hand in putting together, which is such such, I mean, beautiful game-changing work in the art form. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, well, it was it was definitely uh, uh, just, I've, I've told this story before, but a br briefly, like the, the uh, inspiration from Trio was, it was uh, twofold. It was, uh, um, uh, I'm, a mu I'm a, 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 I won't even say a frustrated musician. I'm, I'm like an ex-musician. I used to, I used to play uh, jazz in, in high school and stuff, and I, I, I had an appreciation for it. But then, as I uh, in my 20s, I got they were reissuing everything, you know, because they like money, and uh, they reissued uh, Kind of Blue, uh, which was an album that I was uh, familiar with, but never dove into it. And they had new liner notes and stuff like that. And there were some liner notes in there that were really inspirational about creating uh, jazz. And of course, Kind of Blue is a very it, that was a uh, landmark album in jazz at the time. Uh, so that inspired, like, I wanted to do something, and, and uh, uh, Steph and Jimmy Corain were doing Naked, and, and, and I had talked to Steph about doing a two-person show before that, and as I was watching Naked, uh, Naked was a, a brilliant show between those two. Um, Naked was an hour-long scene, basically, with Steph wearing Jimmy Corain. Yes, and for better or for worse, it went an hour each time. I, yeah. I think I heard Craig talk about that. Um, and I saw all the shows, and, and, and they were fantastic. They were incredible. Um, but, um, but they were, you know, I, 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 yeah, they were just one scene. Um, yeah. and, uh, so then, uh, uh, um, around that time I had also, uh, this is going to get really, uh, nerdy, but I, I love this part of it is, uh, uh, there's a band called King Crimson, um, uh, that has been around since 69, but in many, many different incarnations. And they are, you know, known as a progressive band, a progressive rock band, but then in truth, they're a band that has continued to develop and grow and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But the point for me, I, I care, I guess. Uh, the point for me is they were doing a, a project where they had a, a six member band at the time, but because of the complications of getting them all together, they broke into what would be called projects. And the first of these projects, uh, uh, well, it was the first of these projects to perform was called Project Two, and that had three band members, Robert Fripp, Adrian Ballou, and Trey Gunn. And they were doing a one night only show in Nashville, 
Um, uh, maybe it was two nights, but I only went for one night. Uh, and I decided I was going to drive from Chicago to Nashville uh, to see that show and then come home that same night. Uh, uh, and this is before cell phones. That's ancient, uh, uh, how ancient it was. And it was, time travel. And right? time travel, yes. <laughs> It it had to be uh, it had to be uh, what was that I think ninety eight <coughs> yeah exactly it was ninety eight so I drove down to Nashville and got was by myself and stood in the front row and watched these guys improvise together uh, for whatever an hour and a half or so um, and it was fascinating for me watching and it, it, they were they, it's hard to explain look them up Project Two uh, Project with a KC in there. Um, but the, the interesting thing for me was that it was all improvised music, uh, with some, some ideas and structure, but watching, but being close up on each one of them, watching them in balance and watching them focus change and watching just everything I love about that style of music and that style of improv. And, and when I came back from that trip, uh, um, and I slept at a, uh, um, what is it? A, a rest stop. And when I got home, my wife was, or my girlfriend at the time, Stephanie, now my wife, was very upset because I was out of contact for 12 hours right. and could have been dead. Uh, but, I was, but I wasn't. Um, so uh, I came back, and, and that's when I said, let's, let's do a, a three-person thing directly related to that. And that's when we brought Rich, uh, Ash Rich, if he wanted to do it. And the only time we could do it was at 11.15 because Steph and Rich were both on main stage at the time. Right. So I would go pick them up after main stage, and then we'd drive up to the I.O. and do the show on Sunday nights at 11.15. Uh, this show was one of those shows that I can, always, I can only describe as a show that pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> just because, I mean, it's, to me, that's the highest praise I can give a show, just because it makes me think, what the, why the fuck didn't I do that? I got to do something. It was... It was a show, like the, the family was speed-based, and we were six guys, and we were only six guys, and that was kind of something. But then there was quartet, which was only four guys, and back then, that really hadn't been done well, or, or at all, really. And then they did trio, and it was only three fucking people, and they'd go for like an hour and just just kill, and not, not like I played at all. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't fast. It's like... And I remember specifically things that I thought were genius, like what, like if you sometimes if you do if you're in two person or three person and you want to play a multiple person scene, mm. right? My thinking prior to watching Trio was you better fucking hustle, you better like run your ass to that spot and immediately shift into character and play, but they would just sort of saunter from place to place, and just and then just play in character. So there was no rush, ever. Uh, and it was it was it was seamless. Uh, and that uh, was uh, I'll interrupt you real quick because that was a directive uh, of uh, uh, I remember Noah Gregoropoulos telling us he's like you know you're not fooling anybody when you play multiple characters, so you don't have to move that quickly. And we're like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And it really did help us a lot because then you can. You, what it helped was define spaces very much because then you could go over, take your time being this other character and set up your environment. So when you jumped back and forth with that character by behavior only, you would know right. where you were. It's like, I know you and I are both uh, sort of improv nerds who think about this shit a sure, lot. Yeah. It's like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, 
so you're allowed to move slowly, that's great. Uh, so I, I use that. Like in two-person, I'm like, all right, I don't have to move quickly to this spot. But then my thing, like in trying to do Zumpf afterward, because that's the only reason I did Zumpf was like, well, fuck, no one's done two yet. So let's do fucking two. Uh, was, I was like, all right, but can we move? Are there places where we can move fast? Because I wanted to make use of the sort of slow thing. But then my thinking was, all right, but in certain moments, like if I do a character shift, like if, if, if you and I are sitting in, sh in chairs like this, I, and I can do a, a fast shift and back, mm -hmm. then I'll move quickly. Yeah. But then at other times, like, nope, I'm just going to fucking take my trio fucking ass time <laughs> and walk over there and not sweat it because I don't have to. And that's what, like, to me, again, it's funny because there's so many things I think we take for granted and I think you probably take for granted and thinking about it, it's like, no, no, no. That was a, a big influence. That show was a big influence on me uh, and it introduced things into small group, long form improvisational play that were unique to that show that that show absolutely deserves credit for as yeah, far thanks, as Brian. affecting and changing the art form. Well, thanks. Uh, uh, I, look, it, it was uh, it was just an idea, and 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 and. Uh, no, it was more. No, it was more than that. <laughs> what I mean, it Don't was. Don't take it, something it, that meant something to me. It was just an idea I had while I was. No, no. What I mean, what I mean is that uh, that was it, I had an inkling of an idea, and it was rich and and uh, and stuff that really uh that's rich uh, Tellerico, stephanie where are, 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 are the other two people are other two people and the chronological order of it and the trio trio was first and then we did quartet um uh and I of course, quartet came first no no what am i thinking of i don't know all right trio came first because that was it was me rich and, and steph and then off of that then i uh then it was the first quartet was uh craig Kukowski, uh peter gwynn and um uh gene Villepeak. Uh, That's three people. Who's the fourth? Is that me. you? Yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I'm putting myself in. There. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the point being is that uh, it was it was like a music based thing, and so we used the dynamic, the, the the elements of music of fast and slow and tempo and solos, and we because in the beginning the trio did monologues uh, to open up like an op to have an opening, and then after it evolved, we kind of ditched that um, monologues altogether, and then it's it's kind of what we do with Dasriski now which it just evolved into a, uh, to a, a form where we have all these tools in our toolbox and we can play with them in, uh, in various degrees. It's funny. I see that. I see Dazariski, which I've seen. I mean, just another phenomenal show. Uh, Thanks, buddy. I see it as a, a, a sibling of, of trio. It, it, it's, oh, it's, sure. it, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, it, it's just, it's different players. And with mm -hmm. different players, you're just going to get a different show. Right. It's a style of, it's a mentality of approach that we all had in common or that we all have in common when we do that show. We all, we, we, you know, play or over the years we've played in many different things. Like when I play Dash Risky, I play very differently than when I play, let's say, Babe Wants Candy or, uh, or back when I did Armando and, and stuff like that. There was just a different dynamics. And when I did Ascat, uh, it was very different. Uh, muscles right. for all of that, and so uh, yeah, it's it's like um, knowing the knowing the um, the goal of the show or, or the pursuit of the show, I think is important. I always tell people that when they're when they're putting a group together to to find people with like minds, that you know what, so you have a directive, uh, you have a goal in in mind or a common common directive that will bring you together. Because if you're all struggling and going pulling different ways, then then it's uh, it's not going to uh, stay together long. What I found easier in two-person and what, what I sort of developed with Dan back then and then later with with, with Heather mm -hmm. was the idea of like it's so hard like with 
it's easier to create an ensemble of two than it is an ensemble of six or seven. Like to get two people on the same page right. is easier to do than six or seven on the y same page. Yeah, you know, but that's the, that's the thing. And, and again, it's, uh, I had plenty of time and, and, uh, back when I first started and, and there was nothing better than having doing Harold. Doing Harold was such a rite of passage and doing it well with six to eight people or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. whatever number. And that, without those muscles to be able to take care of a group, I could have never done the other sh stuff. You know what I mean? It's like that, that basic foundation of, uh, of, of uh, structure to allow us to figure it out. Only then did we then be able to put it, it down into two and three and make sense of that. Right, but yeah, but I'm saying so there was a structure, but it also like, and like a, with, for me, it was the family with you, maybe the Yetis. It, it gives you that sense of, oh, this is what ensemble feels like. Yeah. This is what, like, we're all sort of on the same page. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember, for me, I was like, well, shit, how am I going to get another fucking one of those? Yeah, you, I can't do that again. I would never I would never have time to rehearse as much as I did with a group. <laughs> right. <laughs> like to get but what we found, I, for, for me, like, I, you know, I found that same feeling with, with, you know, with Dan back at all doing mm -hmm. Zump, and I found yeah. that same feeling with Heather doing Heather oh, yeah. Miles. Definitely. It's like, it's so, wow, I have ensemble again. How, how wonderful. Yeah, ensemble is a mindset of just taking care of your partner. And uh, it doesn't matter how many people are on stage. And especially, and, you know, with two person, it's such a different animal. Every time you add or subtract a person, it, the dynamic between like Weird Ass, uh, which is two person, uh, Quartet, uh, four, and, and then Das Risky are all very different. There's a there's a, a common directive in all of those, but the, the, the behavior I, it's, on stage. It's funny, is right. I, I see Das Risky and Trio as being siblings, but different players, so mm -hmm. a different sound. Yeah, uh, sure. But Weird Ass, I, I saw as, I mean, I don't understand Weird Ass as much. I'd actually like you to explain what was the idea behind that, because I see that as distinctly different from the other two. Yeah, distinctly different, because we gave ourselves a little bit more of a, um, the best way to, to describe it was just a bookended structure. Uh, we would uh, try to start with a duologue and end with a duologue, almost interview type. That uh, actually, Susan Messing was uh, uh, did those exercises, and then we started. Uh, we we didn't do them with her, but I know Steph. Maybe Steph did with her. Uh, and, uh, and so that was the first time I saw. I mean, because you guys, you know, did it in performance as a move. And to me, when I saw like when you guys doing what you're calling a duologue, mm -hmm. uh, which actually we we just had as, as a. A, a student show up tonight uh, called the hashtag Instagram show where I use that technique for mm -hmm. part of the, the form they're doing, cool. which is all right, go out there and basically talk like you're being interviewed, mm -hmm. uh, which I remember I never saw before until I saw that in mm -hmm. Weird Ass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and again, that was Steph. Steph was always great at bringing structure elements to Weird Ass. And like I, I she reined me in in a, in a sense where because I was like we can you know go wide and so we we had a we as is in our relationship now we have a very uh, it's a balance of, of of each of our extremes and, and when we can find that middle point that's the sweet spot you know that that sweet spot in the the balance between the two performers that we are. All right, I, I, I think I, I, I interrupted. So what was mm -hmm. the, the basic, the driving idea, I mean, behind behind this? Behind uh, I mean, Yeah, when, when you came up with, like, here's what we want to do. Uh, if there was one. It, well, yeah. It, I, it, it seemed to have so many formal elements that were consistent mm -hmm. across the weeks uh, that were unique to the two of you. Uh, yeah, well, I think that uh, um, 
for sure, the way that we approached it, uh, uh, and again, I give Steph the credit, I'm putting uh, uh, a structure uh, in place because we didn't want it just to be a series of scenes. We wanted it to have, it's almost Harold-esque in its, like if, it, if things connect and, and thematically, we, we wanted to be conscious of a theme so we could extract from those duologues. That was our opening. Right. And from that duologue, we would extract information that would feed our scenes. Um, but we also, we, we, we played with tools that we could only use as a two-person team. Uh, a, a couple of things that, you know, we don't have names from, like, like we're, it's, it's a physical thing, but we, we, we would look, we would do rotating monologues uh, in the middle of a show, like if a character wanted to step out and then the other one, we'd, we would like get their inner thoughts of, of characters and right. stuff like that. And so it was a lot, it was much, much more, Character driven, but in in the truth uh, truth in comedy character. So it was like we're, we weren't doing wacky characters. We were trying to do characters that we've seen, uh, you know, real people, real elements that uh, uh, that would interact and and, and see what uh, what world that would take us to. Yeah, I have to say, just as a matter of 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 compliment, uh, watching the two of you do those back then, I remember just thinking, because I've I've done that, I've used that technique. Uh, I've never done it nearly as well as the two of you did it. Uh, they were able to like it, was, it wasn't just it's was, it was like someone's filming you. And if you if you have, if you ever watched that uh, on, on television, you, you have not not only the sense of who the character is, but their insecurities about being filmed, uh, the, the little eccentricities uh, that they would demonstrate while being filmed. And they did this so beautifully and subtly. It's like just those would get laughs. Uh, oh, you should have saw it. It's fantastic. Uh, it still might come around. Who knows? Well, uh, um, we were heavily influenced by uh, Errol Morris's um, uh, uh, Gates of Heaven. Anyone familiar with that? That guy is. That guy, yeah. Uh, it's, a docu it's a documentary about a pet cemetery, and it's fascinating. It's fascinating. But it is, uh, it, it's funny because uh, uh, Harry Met Sally, you know, remember how that starts with the old couples? Anybody? Okay, that too. We, we, we pulled from those, those things where they're, they're discussing people that were, uh, have been together for a while. Right. And that, and then in, in the uh, Errol Morris film, it was, it was people discussing their pets. And so there was a, an emotional content to their scenes or to, the, to their in interviews. And so what we did is we, we would take characters that were diverse and, and we would try to justify why they had been together without being storytellers. Does that make sense? No, I, 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 I get it. It's, just, I, I, it's funny because <clears throat> I know so much of what's happened in the progress of improv since the time. Because again, when you and I started, there were two places in the world mm -hmm. that were four blocks apart where you could <laughs> do this. Yeah. Uh, and as over the years, there are few things that I've looked at and said, well, that changes things. Mm -hmm. uh, and you definitely had a part in a couple that just, that just, just fucking changed things. Uh, and I just like to make, you know, remind people of like where credit is due. Sure. Uh, Send me some checks, everybody. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's like, all right. Uh, got, wow, this is going fast. Uh, I'm going to open it up for any questions that you might have for Bob, because this is, this is a chance for you to ask someone oh, very unique questions. Fantastic chance to uh, dive into my abyss. Any questions? Yes, right there. Yes. So it seems that you draw a lot from other art forms. Yes. And when you're doing that, do you consume that art form for a bit, or is this a spur of the moment thing? 
or has it been stewing in your brain for a while? Uh, I think it's uh, um, it's just part of my personality. Like like uh, um, music has always been a, a you know it's silly to say, but I like music. So uh, uh, <laughs> so but but I was always like different stuff inspired me, and there's a big difference between punk and prog rock. Okay, I'm just putting those two extreme things. Um, and for all the reasons punk hated prog rock, uh, I think prog rock, a uh, progressive music, hates punk for the same reason. Punk burns out really quick, right? All the bands, they, after two minutes, they're done. They're exhausted. Uh, where uh, prog, on the other hand, could go you know, 25 minutes and still have you know, more time. Uh, it's indulgent. Uh, and I love that element of it because it was people that were masters of their instruments uh, indulging in something that they loved. And that was a distinct uh, desire to do trio, which was like, again, get rid of the other, uh, you know, not get rid of, but like boil it down to two other people that I want to work with and then have an indulgent one hour show where we can stretch out a little bit. Uh, and I enjoy that. And then to this, to this day, I enjoy that style. I don't like short and fast. I don't enjoy it. That, it that's not my, my, it's not my preference. It's so hard to go back. Yeah, like, yeah. When, when, like to me, it's like, like even when I play in groups, I'm just like, oh man, I'm sitting on my hands. It is. It's like I've really you, you dove in. I I I, I overdosed on improv uh, uh, to a point where like I was I got you know heavy on the horse and, and metaphorically speaking uh, to where I, I I looked forward to those shows and I indulged in them for quite some time uh, and still do on and off. But it was uh, it was in that spirit of 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 that kind of music for me. I don't I can't speak for Rich and and, and Steph or Craig. Uh, we have very different musical tastes, uh, uh, all of us, all of us. Do. That's one of the things I love about this particular thing that I'm doing here, just like a, a different set with someone every, every week, because mm -hmm. to me, improv is, I, like, I don't think there's a, I think there's a lot of interesting forms you can learn and study, and they're all great for stretching <coughs> uh, and for learning, and they all, you know, they all need to be learned, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But to me, at the end of the day, it comes down to, well, how well do you play with the other person on stage? Yeah, uh, and I just I take such joy in just hey, there's someone else sitting over there this week. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna see what we're just gonna see what happens. Yeah, I mean I, uh, our job is to make each other look good, right? So make me look good. Yeah, it's a lot of that's what your job is not, tonight. It's not easy, buddy. Ma make it's me not look easy. Good. <laughs> I got my work kind of. All right, anything else out there? Yes, over there. Yeah, uh, you did Baby Wants Candy uh, previously. Do you uh, do you miss doing musical improv, or do you still do it? Uh, First, hi Chris. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, uh, no, I haven't done Baby One's Candy regularly in quite some time. Uh, they still do it here, I think, uh, at, at UCB. Uh, um, I was I was in the pictures, but I I didn't <laughs> I didn't perform. No, I, I, and it's uh, do do I do I miss it? Uh, no, it, it was of its time. I like I, I loved Baby One's Candy. Baby One's Candy came in a really precarious time in my uh, quote-unquote improv career because it was after Yetis had done and I was doing Armando a little bit. This is in Chicago. Um, and I didn't have a team. And when uh, uh, Peter Gwynn asked me to do uh, Babe Wants Candy, it was like perfect timing. And I had never done musical improv before other than, I guess, you know, musical option or whatever. And because of back to that, that musical element of it, I, I loved it. I, I took to it like a fish to water. And in fact, uh, um, I'm working with uh, Rebecca Allen, who uh, um, used to be on Bay One's Candy. Uh, and we're trying to write something musical together right now. 
in the style of what we loved about Baby One's Candy. Baby One's Candy is a whole different thing because the people are different and the ensemble is different and it's still, uh, I imagine, great, but it's not the same people. I don't have the connection with any of the people that are on stage. Uh, so if I played, it would be servicing a form versus doing an ensemble for me. And I, and I've, and they're, I don't think they're asking me to play and I haven't been uh, asking them to play. Cause I, like I said, I, I know that it's not, it wouldn't be the same, you know? So I, I don't, uh, uh, uh I wish them, uh, very, so much well, so <laughs> much well. All right. One more right there. Okay, it's two parters. Sorry. Uh, so, first question is: Do you have tendencies as a player, like things that you're just like, oh, I I quickly go to playing this kind of character because I know if all else fails, I can pull something brilliant out of this kind of character because I nail that right away. Like an old man, or like a crotchety person, or like a character. Uh-huh. That's the first part of the question. Okay. Second part is in assembling those teams, like back in the day. Did that, when you were searching or figuring out who you wanted to play with, uh, did that factor in, or did you just look for like what certain people tend to like tend to do, or did you just look for good players? Uh, okay, so for the uh, the first part of that question, I'll answer by saying, ideally, no, I don't have anything that I fall back on, uh, but that doesn't mean I haven't. Uh, the 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 tendency to be lazy as an improviser is very strong, uh, or, or it can be, because as soon as you, uh, especially, you know, Dasriski has been playing together for, we're going on 17 years now. Right. On and off, but whatever, long time, sure, sure. Uh, and, uh, 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 um, and I think that's, you know, sometimes you can be like, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna let them do some work today. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really involved. Um, but uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll tell this story um, because uh, I think early on I fell back to, um, well, this is, this is what I, uh, uh, this was after Armando or before an Armando. I asked McNapier uh, of uh, uh, Chicago's Annoyance Theater uh, and New York's Annoyance Theater. Um, I asked him, uh, I said, uh, uh, because after you do this for a long time, you stop getting notes. You ever realize that? Or recognize that? Oh yeah, who's gonna give you notes? Yeah, somebody. There's, there's a lot of people that could. It's to say you don't, you stop giving them. You stop giving right. them. Right. Well, yeah. It's just like to me, who's gonna? I mean, I, I think the last person I was willing to take notes from was Noah. Right. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be getting notes because right. I think I mean, actually, I mean, actually, I hear shit from all the time. I mean, I've taken notes inadvertently from students. Sure. Because I'm just like, yeah, you're right. I did that, and that, and that was wrong. So, by the way, I already knew I fucking did that, but thanks for pointing it out. Uh, so, thank me. Because basically, I, I think at a certain point, it's like we know what we fucking did wrong. Yeah, but if here, we did it. This is this is some, the thing that sometimes I, I and I, I really value is an outside eye, because it, uh, uh, I'll get back to the second part in a second. But the the you know plain. Uh, uh, just to clarify, Weird S is uh, is me and uh, and my wife Stephanie Weir, and uh, we primarily play out of town now because it's just too fucking hard to play in town with logistics and children. Um, but uh, when we play together, the problem with playing together with your loved one is after the show you go home <laughs> with each other, <laughs> and you're driving home and you say something Good. like. Uh, uh, so what, uh, 
No, no, no. Yep. What were you doing uh, in that scene with the dog? Uh, you know, and and but it, I mean, ulti ultimately, it it helped. The, you know, it's a shorthand that we developed just by our communication. But over over time, we realized we had to set up rules to protect ourselves because you can't constantly give each other notes because we find you're giving notes instead of, you know, you, you go, I got a note for you. Oh, yeah, well, I got a note for you. Right. You know? <laughs> and that's, this just doesn't, it just doesn't help. And over, over time, we had to put some uh, 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 boundaries together so we wouldn't fall on each, other, uh, on each other, on top of each other, whatever that means. Anyway, figure it out. <laughs> we still fell on top of each other. Anyway, so Miles, uh, not Miles, uh, uh, um, Mick, uh, uh, I, had, I had wanted a note. It was after a while, and I, I was like, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm kind of stuck. And I said, uh, Mick, I'd really appreciate if you'd just give me a note. And he's like, okay, I'll watch you at the first half of our mono, and in the middle, I'll, I'll give you a note. And so it was great. In the in the the note was 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 a wonderful uh, uh, note, and he said uh, he's like uh, after that first act, he said I noticed that you have a tendency to play low status, um, and I was like oh oh, and so I sat on that and thought about it. I was like yeah, that's right. I I had early on a tendency to play the uh, you know, the the lower and weaker, right. and and that was my wheelhouse. If I wanted to grow as a performer, I had to pull that completely out of the equation. And I did for a while, and I remember distinctly doing a show with you where I was a prostitute and you were my, like a young boy John. Uh, and, and I played a high status prostitute specifically because of that note that Mick gave me, and I remember that being a, a wonderful scene. Uh, <laughs> but the point is though, it was, it put it into my head yeah, I, I, I do a workshop every now and again called What Are You Doing Up There? Because um, uh, my biggest pet peeve is when people say, uh, you know, it's improv. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. Uh, I'm like, uh, no, that's, 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 you don't, you, I would say that if, if you that's were. That's not particularly uh, informative. Yeah, if you were lucky enough to go see Miles Davis in concert early sometimes on. Sometimes he works. Right, right. It's sometimes like, you don't go there and say, boy. I hope Miles Davis doesn't fuck it up today because <laughs> improv doesn't always work. Uh, no, if you approach it like that, then yeah, it's going to suck a lot of times. And, uh, uh, but if you approach it with a lot more reverence, in other words, that if you go, okay, there's a lot of guidelines, there's a lot of rules, there's all this shit floating around, plus you've got a partner, you've got, you got a lot to work on uh, or a lot to, thought to pull from. But if you, uh, if you aren't cognizant of your of what you're doing when you get on stage, then you're hoping for happy accidents. And every now and again, you'll get one of those. But it's not about accidents, it's about consistency. How can you execute in many different environments and in many different, uh, with the many different people, the people that drive you nuts, that people are, you know, give you gifts and don't give you gifts. And like, you have to be a, a, a fucking pro. And when I watch musicians, uh, 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 I see that like you don't you go to concerts to watch bands fuck up. Uh, you watch them. You watch them execute. You watch them execute well over and over again. Now they have a set, a song, but uh, there's bands that don't that that have that do a lot of improv and and those are fantastic. If they're good on their instrument, then they're 
fun to watch. Well, improvisation, we are our instrument. Our mind is our instrument. Our body is our instrument. And we're, uh, uh, we, need to, um, we need to adapt and grow and change and all that. Part two. Uh, <laughs> that was part one? That was part one. All right, so uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I, t I told uh, Miles before I was doing this podcast, I was like, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, before I did this podcast, I started thinking a lot about improvisation again. Uh, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. Um, uh, so the second question was, uh, what was that again? P oh, picking people. In assembling a team. In assembling a team. No, no, I, I, I uh, uh, no, no, I wouldn't ever, no. Uh, I don't want people, you know, I don't, I don't want to pick, I, I, I'm not picking, you know, if you look at Monty Python, um, uh, uh, Monty Python in the sketch versus the movies that they did, there are two different worlds and they played different things and they did a lot of different stuff in the sketch. They seem to be more into the, what did they play well? And they would fall, fall into different things. But in their movies, they played all sorts of shit. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of their movies than of their their sketch. Um, um, you want you want people that could do everything. Uh, uh, you want people that I want to be surprised on stage, and 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 fortunately, I play with people that still surprise me, um, and, and it's my job to surprise them. And and uh, you know, I was listening to Craig, and he's like, yeah, we read each other's minds, and we do, but we still, you know, we could still. Uh, uh, breaking the giggles on on stage, we try not to. Cause I don't like to break, but we can't help it sometimes. It. So, sometimes, it, yeah, it is joy. It is joy when you can, you, when you get, when you get a bout of joy. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, so uh, when back to uh, when we were putting, or when I was looking at, at people, we we look for good people that are fun to play with, and and that are that you want to, you know, this is the same kind of thing as like uh, how they put people in a writer's room. You want a talented writer that's not an asshole. Uh, so, cause you're going to spend eight hours a day with them. You don't want them to be horrible, horrible people. I would say like in a sort of, maybe in a nutshell, it's like, how do you choose your friends? All right. Do you choose them based on what kind of friend they are to you? Do you need a type of friend? I judge them by what kind of car they drive. All right. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty superficial. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, it's, I would, you choose people. I don't, you know, I would never think, well, I, I need a more straight man or I need more of this. Like, no, I, I want to play with that guy because I like that guy. What was really cool about that time was that we were able to play with a lot of people in a lot of different environments. We had Herald shows. We had Armando. We did uh, Second City sets and, uh, uh, and other long form, like Close Quarters was a show that we did where I worked with a bunch of those guys, mm -hmm. uh, Craig and Rich in particular, and Stephanie, and Al Samuels uh, from, and Peter Gwynn from Big One's Candy and all those. So we all, we all had a community, and we all did different, different things in those community, or in, in those uh, different shows. And uh, every show that I did was, was working on a different muscle. And so when you work with people, you, it, it, with trio and, and quartet, we wanted to stretch those muscles. So we wanted to work with people that would challenge us or we wanted to work with people that wanted to challenge. All right. Uh, all right. We are, we are, I believe we are over now on this. So let's Perfect. see if me and Bob can execute. Uh, what's going to happen is me and Bob are going to do about 25 minutes of long form improvisation for you. And all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Gambit. What was that? Gambit. Gambit? Yes. Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Don't do it. Don't do it. What you're feeling is shame, and I don't want you putting it on me. Okay? It's not going to make me feel better. Just like your mother. 
Yeah. I'm surprised you remember what she sounds like. No, I got I got memories. She gave me a couple tragedies, let me tell you. Okay. I hear her voice all the time. Where are you going? What are you doing with that? How come you didn't call me? I remember her. You were even at a funeral, Dad. That was a surprise. <laughs> Why? Because you thought you were going and then you didn't? I thought she was still alive. I found out that she was dead two weeks later. What am I going to do? Go back in time? If we could all do that, right? You know, what you could have done is been around. All right? All right, all right. You just wanted to fucking bend her and disappear for years. Bend her? What do you mean? You got you to be kidding me. You don't know what a fucking bender is? A guy who drinks like you, Dad? You don't oh. know what a fucking bender is? I knew what a bender is. I didn't know what context you were using in it. I thought you meant bender over. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> so look, I did what I did. I got regrets. Don't get me wrong, and I know you're mad. That's fine, you're mad. What I did today is going to help you. You're not going to see me again. I'm gone. You don't want me here. I don't want to be here. But today, today, I helped you out. No, you didn't. Why'd you show up just to do that? Because I had to do one good thing. And today, I did a good thing. No, no, you didn't. You're going to say that now. Because it's still, the wound is still fresh. But later on, when I get this nice big callus over it, and it's impenetrable, you're going to say, my dad did that. And then he'll die. <laughs> but you'll die happy. Because you've learned a lesson today, sir. Shut up. <laughs> Nothing you say makes any fucking sense, all right? Let's have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're a man today. At least... Look, I, at I, least when you're not crying. I had drinks, all right, Dad? But you show up after being gone for so many years, you immediately hit the fucking liquor cabinet. And immediately, we've had a long conversation. I'm thirsty <laughs> now, and I want to get a drink. Don't paint this picture, okay? <laughs> Don't make everything I do bad, because that's not the proper truth. You're going to look back and go, I'm going to remember everything my dad did wrong. What about the good things I did? What about the good things? Name one. And don't name today. Name one. All right, today well, was not a good thing. That's a major handicap, if I can't name today. <laughs> yeah! I was building up. You know what planning I had to do to get to this point? What, planning? Planning. Planning. That took planning? Well, it was a little off the cuff, but it was planned in my mind. Not what I was going to say, but what I was going to do. Alright. You're going back to see your boy, right? Graduation, right? Yeah. Alright, let's get to work. We're on a good life lesson. Like what? Life lessons. Oh yeah, that's what you gotta fucking they're do. They're all going out there, they're gonna be, what, part of our society? Yeah, they're all gonna be whores and... There's too many of us. There's too many people. You're right. They're gonna be out there like rats on a ship, eating our food. We're gonna teach them what they're gonna supposed to do when they're out there, right? You got a gun right now, right? Am I on my person or in my car? Trick question. I got one in each. <laughs> pull a gun out at a graduation, that's not a good thing. I can decipher that. Are you, are you fucking, are you, are you kidding, you pull, what, when is, not, when is pulling a gun out a bad idea, never? 
<laughs> never, never a bad idea. All right. I pulled one out of my boy's graduation. I sure, I sure as fuck did. I bet you did. Hey, Timmy! <laughs> Timmy! Yeah, it's your old man! Oh, yeah! Going on to pre-K! You're going to the full K! No more pre-K! Yeah! Yeah! I ain't shot at nothing! Yeah! Excuse me, sir. We really need you to please leave. The police are on the way. I'm a cop. <laughs> what's, the, what's the problem here? Someone do, someone do something wrong? No, no. no of course not. We're going to have cupcakes now. <laughs> Would you like a cupcake? Yeah, I want a cupcake. We wouldn't want a fucking cupcake. <laughs> she was great. You a cupcake too, huh? <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to have cupcakes at a high school graduation. Maybe afterwards. You know the only thing I remember about my graduation? Why wouldn't they have cupcakes? <laughs> cupcakes are delicious. That's not in question whether or not cupcake is delicious. The question is whether they'll have it at a high well, school graduation. The point of my story is pulling out your gun is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Right, now, it helps that I have a fake police badge. <laughs> yeah, because you're not really a police, right? No, I'm not a police. I'm a cop, man. No, that'd be a good idea. Man, I wish I was a cop. I wish I was a cop. I fuck with people. <laughs> song in the jukebox, huh? Because you're getting a little dark. What, because I won't be a cop? No, because of the way your face changed when you were talking about it. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think about all, all that power. Man, I've been pulling over people for nothing. They're doing that already. Yeah, no, I see it. It's you, fucking, you want like, man, you fucking are living the dream right now. <laughs> pulling people over for no fucking reason. Yeah, it's got to be good to do anything you want all the time. That's kind of what we do, right? Let's be cops. <laughs> we can do it. You mean real ones yeah, or real ones? Let's, let's do it. Whatever you got to do to be a cop, let's do it. You got to do sit-ups and stuff. change completely. <laughs> <laughs> I 
don't like the way we're going. We're going in the wrong direction. This was supposed to be a nice thing that we made. The so neighborhood went to hell, all right? I, I can't help that. I wanted a brunch place. I wanted a place where people would come and have, have my quiche Laurent. <laughs> I don't even make them anymore. You don't know this because you don't eat my food. This is a shame. I work, I work late. I, you what? I work late. I grab a bite on the way home. I have a quiche in the refrigerator with your name on it. Once a week. I don't like quiche, all right? I just don't, don't like There it is. That's what it, we want. It's, there it is. <laughs> it's, it's, just a, it's, it's eggs. It's basically eggs. It's basically eggs? It's like an egg idiot. It's like an egg <laughs> What are you talking about? Basically eggs. <laughs> Uh, basically eggs. <laughs> I married this guy. This is the guy that I, I, I had let it, almost, we had children almost. <laughs> I can't believe there was. You can, why can't you leave him? There's a financial obligation. It's not as easy as it said. I know you run away because you keep finding another rich man, but I don't have any rich man to run to. Would you like another piece of That was what you just said was uncalled for. <laughs> All right. I don't run away. I pick a moment to leave. <laughs> I take a moment to leave and then I find another wealthy man. I'm so sorry, Mama. I don't know. I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just vulnerable right now. I'm sorry. Jake, I can help you. You can help me. I can help you open your own little bed and breakfast. Oh stop. Don't put me in fantasy land. I don't want to be in fantasy land. You serve brunch every day. That, that's this all this is gonna do is keep me up at night. And I don't sleep well as it is. We have a bed that came in a box and it's, it's so spongy. <laughs> I hate it. I feel like I'm sleeping in a hammock. And then he gets in bed and it's a spongy hammock. It's a spongy. <laughs> have, you had, have you had a bed in a box? They all shrink wrap it. And then you ship it, and then you open it up, and it expands miraculously. You pretend it's it's a bed. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bed to me. I don't think it, it is. It's a bed. They come. They take. They, they take the styrofoam or whatever it is that they and they suck all the air out. Here's how it works. It's beautiful. Okay. It's beautiful. All right. Well, we're not really. You no, no, no. I know you like this idea. I talked to him up. I talked him up already. It, it seems like. It, I don't need a bed. I just didn't want a cheap bed. You know, you're in their bed three one third of your life. I know, but I mean, this. I think this. I think this is gonna work. Oh, it's gonna work. Here's what we do. Right. First, forget everything you know about a bed. <laughs> Get that out of your mind. Right? Now imagine. Imagine someone found a pile of stuff. Right. And they crammed it into a, a bag and compressed it to the point where it was like thin, right? <laughs> so you got a bunch of stuff crammed into a bag that's thin, right? And now you, you take that bag and you sew it to a bunch of other bags just like it, <laughs> right? These are good bags. <laughs> good, good bag, good stuff, right? And then you take all those bags, once that they're laid out, and you roll them up into a package, and then you vacuum seal it, 
right? So it's even smaller, but it'll, it'll get back to this size when you unback you see it. You can walk out of here right now with a bed that weighs about half a pound. <laughs> and so we walked out of that place with a bed that weighed half a pound. That wasn't a bed. It was. I bought a bunch of bags of crap. All right. You opened it up and it blew up like a balloon. Really? Really? It did. It went And it was a bed and we could lay right on it and it held us. I don't know how it works. It's space age right. material. We said it was space age. Anyway, I don't like my bed. I can give you a new bed. Can you give me a new husband? And a new bed? And a new life? Yes, yes I can. Well, it's not true. It is true, I can't. Just stop loving him. <laughs> if I could, if I could. What, do, what is there to love about him? He bought a bar and the neighborhood went to hell. And now you're strapped financially. You have to, you have to hang around you know, ruffians and drunkards all day. There are a lot of ruffians and drunkards. The other day a guy pulled out a gun. Swung it around. My husband grabbed it. It was heroic, but then I let him have it. Told <laughs> <laughs> him, like, we don't want guns in our bar. And then he, he, then he said that thing about the quiche I don't even want to talk about. Well, that's, how, that's how we started, your husband said. Oh, I know how we started. I haven't forgotten the words that go in my head. The fact is, there's a large egg quantity in quiche. I mean, there are there is, eggs. but it's not just eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect anyone to understand. What all? Julia Child. I, she would please understand. Please tell me what all goes in. What all goes in to your quiche? I want to hear everything that goes into your quiche. You want to hear everything that goes into my quiche? I want to hear everything that goes into your quiche. I'm your friend. I care. I want to tell you about the asparagus quiche. You put asparagus in a quiche? It's in the title. <laughs> yes, I put asparagus in the quiche. You don't want to hear about it. You just judge it immediately. Well, I think it's... You're I, just I, like him. I've never seen asparagus in a quiche. It sounds awful. You've never seen <laughs> asparagus in a quiche. It is like one of the standard quiches. It's right next to the quiche Lorraine. <laughs> that sounds good. Quiche Lorraine? That sounds like a fancy quiche dish. It is fancy. Asparagus quiche sounds like something someone made up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for you to leave. Would you like another coffee? Oh, we're out. <laughs> Fine. You can't help me, Wilma. No one can help me. I'm alone. Mm. You can't help me. I could help you, but you choose not to be helped. <laughs> Go ahead. Make your monster quiches. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and lay in a pile of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was here today, wasn't she? Well, yeah, slut front of yours who married rich guys. She's not a slut. She's sexually active. She's, she's, a, she's, a, black, she's a black widow, is what she is. She doesn't kill her husband. Yeah, she's sort of like a black. She doesn't kill him, but she. That's that's pretty much the linchpin of what a black widow is, okay? If you take that out of the equation, you can't use black widow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hungry. Oh, good. I was, I was thinking maybe I'd have some quiche. Oh. <laughs>
it's got a very pungent taste. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you eat off. What's that? Found a guy interested in buying the, the bar. Came in after you left. Came in the bar? Yeah, he, he had kind of a, a low offer, but you know, today's market, I was thinking if we took that. We could move to separate cities? <laughs> what? Move to separate cities. You want to move to separate cities? Why would we move to separate cities? You just said you wanted to move to separate cities. No, I didn't. You said that. I don't think no, so. No, I said a guy gave me a low offer on his bar. And then you would want to move to separate cities. That's not what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. That's what you said, yes. Because I thought you said it. But I didn't say it. You should do it. You said it. <laughs> <laughs> when people live in separate cities. I've never heard good things about that. <laughs> Not a good thing. This is a new thing. It's a new good thing. It's a new good thing? It's a new good thing. It's what it is. Is it separate? It's, it's... Have you ever heard the phrase familiarity breeds contempt? And absent makes the heart grow fonder? Yes. We'll put those two together. And I think we should... I mean, just think about it. Good now. It, We're talking it, about how do you 
know what makes it? You smell your urine? You can't help it. What do you mean? Haven't you ever had asparagus? I've had asparagus. It makes me fart. It doesn't make my urine smell weird. Then you haven't had asparagus. <laughs> yes, I have! It makes your urine change smell. And it makes you fart! It makes you fart. Yes, it makes me fart. Just makes me fart. You're the only one in the world that farts and eats asparagus. Bullshit! <laughs> All right. Maybe we should give it a try. Huh? Maybe. I would, maybe we should. I think that's a great idea. Because this is ridiculous. Who wants to live like this? Talking about shit and farts at the table while you're eating my quiche. Something I made with my love. All right. You, know, you can't even stomach it. You can't stomach my love. Look, I'm going down to the bar, all right? Oh, you're going back to that? Yeah. Dank hole? <laughs> yeah, because you know, right now I need to be out of this room. You I need to be away from your. Dogs. I need to be away from your fucking precious baby quiche. That's the closest thing to a baby we have. So you might want to enjoy it because that's the only thing I'm enjoying. Uh, I was in an accident. It's not my fault that I don't have sperm. <laughs> you think I don't think about that? We could adopt. You don't want to adopt because it's not yours. I'm a little possessive about my children, yes. Look, we don't have to have this discussion. I think we've gotten to a very, very strong conclusion here. And, uh,.
choices right now, it looks like. It's my speech, Dad. <laughs> this? Yeah, that's my speech. No! Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> I want to tell you all something that you're not going to hear in a textbook. We're all doomed. <laughs> so do something about it while you're out there. Undoom us. Okay? I'm sorry, Mr. Thunder. He's got a gun, so we're going to let him talk a little bit. See what he see? Let's, see. Let's hear him out. See what he's got to say. Oh, that was racist. 